What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the first ever Between Two Posts podcast powered by Vaughn Custom Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Conan, and Everett Bomarito. We are two useless goalies now working in the world of goalie equipment and content creation. Everett Bomarito here. First off, I'm a pro rep for Vaughn Custom Sports, along with a few other titles at Vaughn. And uh, currently, I am an airbrush artist with New Jack's Airbrush down here in Clearwater, Florida. Now, we want to bring our listeners the stuff you don't get to hear about. We're going to be interviewing goalies, obviously, equipment managers, and goalie coaches. We want to get you the stories that few have ever heard before. So, um, I mean, in today's news, we got to bring it up is coronavirus. Schools are shutting down. Uh, universities are shutting down, companies are calling out of work, leagues are being paused. Um, the show is on pause right the now. show's on pause, NBA's out, March Madness is pretty much canceled. They're just doing it without fans, but what's the point of playing without fans, you know? This is wild. Oh, yeah. speaking of, you know, double IHF, Women's Worlds, that got canceled. US, uh, sorry, excuse me, U18s. Uh, worlds those got canceled usa hockey nationals done this is like unlike anything i've ever seen before yeah i i can't think of anything that uh, has happened like this it's it's kind of sad obviously just heating up in in hockey right now playoff time so uh it'll be interesting how it plays out that's the whole thing is now are you going to be able to give teams that might be you know a couple points out of that spot are they going to get rest? Do they have injured guys? Like what's their situation to the point where this could help a lot of teams. And you look at the other side, this could hurt some teams because now you find that you fall into a little bit of lull. Obviously everyone's going to be skating, but without games and understanding the current situation, does the tempo decrease? Do you lose the vibe in the room? Like what happens from this, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, also looking at it, if, um, you know, I think the end goal is to still have playoffs. The NHL mentioned they still want to have, uh, hand out the Stanley Cup this year so I wonder if they shorten the games played or if you just push it back a few months but definitely teams fighting for a playoff spot right now they're definitely uh they got to be worried about what what happens going forward and that's that's the other thing too logistically like I don't think anybody really realizes what goes into running an NHL game and getting teams from place to place and putting games on what happens if things do get pushed back what happens if, you know, you're starting to play games later in the months and we're booking flights, we got to have ice, we got to do this, we got to keep staff on hand, you know, what happens to the employees? And then also people that work inside the rinks, you know, like concessions and everything like that, like this completely changes the landscape for everybody. But I did see something oh, yeah. cool where Mark Cuban was interviewed and he said, even with the league being paused, you know, canceled, whatever for the NBA, he wants to find a way to still make sure his concessions people and everybody that works inside the arena is taken care of. Like, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, obviously a pretty nice move on his part. Um, I mean, there's just so many factors that go into it. It's not even just the concession workers. You think about every, how much money an NHL game or NBA game brings into a, a city and hotels and food and um, there's obviously no way to make up for that. No one person can pay that out across all these cities. It's just, there's going to be a pretty big loss financially. Yeah. And not to mention playoff tickets, right? So where those line up and how that pans out, you know, teams that are in the playoffs, 
because people are talking about it with the e-bug rule, you know, like say we're, we're, we're a couple points shy of the playoffs because we had an e-bug in. Now we're out, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars based on just ticket sales alone, not to mention concessions, jersey stands, and then how long those playoff uh, teams run. That just accumulates more dollars for the team. So I don't know. This is pretty crazy. You know, inside story, when I tr- I tried to get to Sam's Club twice to get, you know, food supplies and just grab some waters because, you know, my mom's worried about it a little bit. So wanted to grab some stuff for her, but I couldn't wait. The lines were all the way back to the end of the store. It was disgusting. So I just bailed. Yeah, just a good family guy right there, bailing out on the fam. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, just <laughs> completely exposed. Yeah, it's it's crazy i mean i don't even know really how to you can't really sum it up and and make sense of it all yet it's it's all still there's so many unknowns and i guess we just got to sit back and watch it play out we're really excited to introduce our first ever interview now this is with the most dangerous man in florida right now cam johnson ushl clark cup champ with waterloo he played four years at the university of north dakota hey don't forget He's an NCAA champ. In that same championship, he was named to the all-tournament team. NCHC regular season champ. Guy was a complete stud. Yeah, not to – I mean, that self-proclaimed most dangerous man in Florida right there has got to take take the cake for his intro. Uh, he's in his second full year of pro hockey, signed with Milwaukee Admirals, playing in uh, Florida with the Everblades. From Troy, Michigan, this guy's an absolute beauty, and he has some sweet stories to tell. He tells us about college days – playing in Florida, and of course, his love for cats. So without further ado, let's get into it. All righty, everybody. We have Cam Johnson here. Uh, CJ is <laughs> now in his third year pro hockey, and he's now signed with the Milwaukee Admirals, playing for the Florida Everblades. Thanks for having us, yep. CJ. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's only my second year. It's only my second year. Quick correction. <laughs> my mistake. Math, we'll math is in his thing. <laughs> no, second year is... Fortunate enough, last year signed with signed with New Jersey out of college and kicked around. I was in Binghamton for most of the year in the A, and I made it up to the show last year, which is pretty cool. And played in the coast, so last year I played in all three leagues. Who was uh, Who was the other goalie when you were up in uh, New Jersey? My partner when I was up was Keith Kincaid. My partner when I was I. Dude, I had a bunch of partners last year. Blackwood, he's he's their guy now, but yeah. he was my partner for most of the year in the A. And then once Schneids kind of went through, he was having like some mental issues, wasn't really playing very well. So he was down in the A last year for quite a bit. I think he played like eight games down there. So I had him as my partner for, for a bit there too, a bunch of different guys. All right, yeah. So I got to bring this up because you're a Michigan guy. What's your take yep. on Jets Pizza? <laughs> dude i love jets they have it out here in florida too like jets ranch i don't know everybody listening if, if you've never had jets pizza you got to get jets pizza and get a bottle of the ranch they have the they have the best ranch better than anything i've ever tasted did you say it's down here in florida too yeah they have it down here really? in florida i've had it a few times it's unreal oh, wow. i actually know the I know the owner of Jets, too. I know his son, Chad Jets. He he played hockey back in the day, but um, he always played. We played for the same coach, so he was a few years older. I think he's a 91, so he's three, three years older than me, but I used to skate with their team a little bit, so I know I know the owner's son of Jets. Nice hanging out with him. He always brings pizza. 
Yeah, get a good. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little connection to have. That's huge. It's all now, about who you know. Oh, for sure. That's the only way to get it done around here, right? <laughs> That's all it is, who you know. So first off here, Cam, I wanted to take it back to your college years. And obviously you made that huge run with North Dakota on that championship. What was that like? Oh, that was that was amazing. For sure, probably. That was probably my funnest year of hockey, I'd say for sure. Like all around, we had a we had a great group of guys. We we won basically the whole year. I think we only lost like four or five games the whole year. So we we're pretty much sweeping every weekend. And in Grand Forks, if you're a, if your team's winning, like you're we're literally legends in that town. Like everywhere we went, people knew who we were, and um, people just kind of talked about it being like one of the one of the most special teams that they've ever seen. Like I remember our coach telling us like there there were guys like that used to play there, alum or whatever, that were texting him like, man, like you guys have a special group, and you you really don't realize it at the time. Like looking back on it now, I I wish I would have probably appreciated appreciated it a lot more now that I'm a few years out and it was actually like the year that year we won the natty and when we won it it was kind of like all right like you know who do we play next like we didn't we didn't want it to end so it was kind of like a little bittersweet reality but it was it was unreal obviously topping it off with the national championship but no we had a we had an unbelievable unbelievable group of guys it really was a special year and we had a bunch of fun that year so um, Grand Forks, UND, huge, huge, huge hockey town. So when you're winning, you can basically get away with anything in that town. So we had a lot of fun. That's awesome. Now, you you brought up that the alum were texting back and they were, you know, watching games and everything like that. And they picked up yeah. on that it was an incredible team. What do you think made that team so special? Honestly, I, I think it was just like how tight we were off the ice. Like, the year before, my freshman year was actually supposed to be our year where we were supposed to win it all. And then sophomore year was kind of – there were, like, some question marks because I didn't, I didn't really play a whole lot my freshman year. I was behind Zane McIntyre. Zane Gothberg was his name originally, but he switched yeah. his last name when I came in. But Zane McIntyre was my partner. He ended up winning the Mike Richter that year. So he, yep. he had an unbelievable year. really never even gave me a sniff. So – I really didn't play much my freshman year and we ended up losing that year in the frozen four. Um, it was the year Eichel was on BU. We lost to them in the frozen four and they obviously ended up going and losing in the national championship. But the next year, my sophomore year, we were, you know, kind of a young team. We had, I think we ended up losing like probably, I mean, every, every year there you lose a bunch of guys, but like North Dakota is a team, like we, you reload, you don't rebuild, you reload. So yep. we lost a bunch of guys kind of had like some question marks coming into the year. Like I remember that summer, like kind of reading articles and people were, were beaking me a little bit saying like, we don't have a goalie, <laughs> all this. So it actually kind of fired me up. So going into that year, I obviously, I had a lot to prove and I think our team had a lot that we wanted to prove and, we kind of had a bittersweet feeling from the year before losing in the frozen four when uh, really we thought we should have wanted it all. We definitely had the team to do it. And I think we definitely had the team to do it my sophomore year and actually ended up, I think we we're, we we're better off than, or I think we had a better record, better, better team than my freshman year when we were supposed to win it all. So I guess we weren't supposed to win it all. My sophomore year wasn't like our year of, of my four years that I was there, but. 
definitely the most special team that we had. And then looking back at it now, it's like I think we ended up going down as like one of the best UND teams ever. Like obviously winning the national championship helped, but there was like one other team that had a, a better record than us that ended up losing in the Frozen Four. So I think we had like the best record, best team overall to win a championship there, which yeah. there's been some special teams that have, that have been at that place too. Like Taves and Oshi and, and all those guys. A few name drops there. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Belfour. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to name a few. But um so the year you won, the Frozen Four was in Tampa, right? Yeah, Tampa Bay. Right okay. up the road here. Did you guys get to kinda enjoy the weather or was it mostly all business? Yeah, it, I mean it was mostly all business. Like even our our coach didn't really want us like really spending a whole lot of time with our families too like we're, we're there for for one thing you know to win it all so um he kind of had us you know dial it back and and relax like we didn't really get to to fully experience tampa but um after we won we obviously stayed the night there and and we had a good we had a good time that night yeah. so a lot of fun uh really don't probably remember it all but <laughs> we had a blast that night <laughs> That's sweet. Um, now, you already kind of mentioned it, but obviously, you know, North Dakota, when you guys are winning, the city's buzzing. What was the best part of playing there? Honestly, like the Ralph. So if, if, if you guys listening, like if nobody knows what the Ralph is, Google it. You got you to gotta see the place. It's literally amazing. So um, that place is really special. All the facilities, like the locker room, my freshman year when I came in there, they just did like a – a $4 million locker room renovation or, or something. So um, definitely the best, the best place there, the best part about playing there is, is the Ralph. And we sold out pretty much every game, every home game I was there my four years, or if we didn't sell out, it was damn near sold out. So a lot of good crowds, hockey's huge out there and, and playing in the Ralph, it's, it's really special where everywhere I've played since then has been a downgrade for sure. <laughs> Cream of the crop. Absolutely. Now, uh, when you look at the Ralph, I remember when they finished those, uh, the improvements, everything was new. And you looked at the room. And if you didn't see a logo, you'd think you were in in an NHL locker room. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nicer. It's nicer than than most NHL locker rooms. Yeah, just state of the art. Yeah, like even we so the the frozen four was in Boston my freshman year. And we were the highest seed going into it so we had the Bruins locker room and we we all got in there like what the hell is this like <laughs> this is an NHL locker room <laughs> like oh, shit we need to get back to the Ralph makes you never want to leave uh leave North Dakota right yeah it's it's definitely it's it's a tough spot to leave early but we have a lot of guys that go in there that obviously end up signing earlier or guys that you know aren't going to spend four years there but you get in there and you really you do realize like it's it's a tough decision and the guys that leave there early I know that they all really have tough decisions to make it's hard sense. to leave that place makes sense now that's why I stayed all four <laughs> gotta enjoy it soak it up yeah, right I'm not I'm not leaving this place hey man sure. goalies develop differently you gotta enjoy it you know take a little bit more yeah. time really get seasoned yeah 100 percent. and my coach like basically just played me every single game so that was really nice I knew like 
if I were to sign or whatever, I'd have to like duke it out with someone. So it was nice just being like the solidified guy there. For sure. Now, what are your thoughts on the North Dakota rebrand? Um, so the, are you talking like the new name and all the thing they're trying to push in there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really a fan of it. I think, I know like the, the hockey program is really like the one thing that holds on to the, the Sioux tradition there. Like the, we're, we're still the fighting Sioux, like through and through. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the culture that they, they run you at, like into right when you get in there is, is where the Sioux and the, this is how the Sioux plays. Like the fighting Hawks is, it's more so like the school is trying to push it in and like, they still do all the Sioux chants that are at the UND games, like home of the Sioux during the national anthem, the whole place will say Sioux when they say brave, it's unreal. Um, actually quick story. I'll run back to Tampa when we made it to the final. It's so funny. Like UND fans are, they're nuts. So um, everywhere we go is basically a home game too, but the, the semifinal, we beat Denver like three to two or four to two. We scored in the, the last minute or whatever, but the place was probably full of like I'd say like half half of the place was was UND fans and then Denver had maybe a little section and then the rest is just like people that go to Frozen Fours like a lot of people just go to the Frozen Fours and the final game I'm not even kidding you it was probably like 95 percent like pro UND crowd like when we got out on the ice and when they did the home of Sioux like I'll never forget it was so loud and gave me goosebumps made the the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Yeah. So that's awesome. The fans are nuts, but the hockey team—they're still Sioux, like the Fighting Sioux. The coaches tell you like we're we're the Sioux and and all that, but they're trying to get this new nickname in there, the Fighting Hawks. And they actually—I was there when they introduced it, and they said like, "Here come the Fighting Hawks" or whatever when we went out there, and the whole crowd booed. It was hilarious. <laughs> so no they, way. They did it for one game. Yeah, they called us the Fighting Hawks for one game, and then they they stopped calling us it because all the fans booed it every time they said it. They booed it, so yeah. I don't really think the hockey team like I don't. They're trying to make the Fighting Hawks a thing, but like I know I'm not really too big of a fan of it, and I know like everybody who's who's pretty involved with the hockey team isn't a, isn't a fan of it either. So I guess maybe that's a little bit biased to me, but I'm not really a, a fan of the the new name and the, the new logo they're trying to bring in there. Yeah. That's because it's almost like, it, yeah, it's almost like they're trying to get rid of like the history too. Like it's a big part of the university and it's a big part of like North Dakota hockey is like the tradition and the history and like the guys who went through there before you. So they're like almost trying to like push that out of here. Like, well, they were all the fighting Sioux. Like we're not, you know, the fighting Sioux anymore. We're the, we're the fighting Hawks. So they're, they're trying to make like a new, you know, whatever, new brand, new tradition, but the, it'll, it'll always be the old ways with the hockey team for sure. Yeah, definitely. So um, you also touched on how the Ralph had incredible facilities. What's been mm-hmm. the worst locker room or worst setup you've had to deal with within the pros or college hockey? Oof, probably. I mean, there's been some bad, like, some teams in pro, like, they literally have a, a bad road locker room just to, like, try and make it an advantage for yeah. for their team or whatever. But there's been some, some uh, like, I'm trying to think. Um, there's a couple couple barns I played in last year in the A, like the Eastern, whatever the Eastern division, whatever division that is. But 
Um, there's a couple of rinks like Syracuse is an old barn. Their locker room is just like a little, the road room's like a little dungeon, like under the stands. That one's not very good. And then there's a couple more where literally like, it was like a closet. Our team didn't even fit in it. Like guys are in chairs and stuff in the middle of the room, like gears just everywhere. So there's been, I, I've played, I've had a few locker room experiences where like certain teams will like try and use it as, as whatever, like, uh, a way to have the edge on us just but trying to get in your head from the drop yeah exactly trying to trying to gain any advantage that they can absolutely now you did bring it up when you guys were down there in tampa and i know this i i think it's everywhere you guys play but i've heard und fans just travel differently and they're everywhere <laughs> yeah they're everywhere and they there's strength in numbers, so like there's always there's one, there's there's a ton. So um, I know wherever they go, they they like to get after it too. Like North Dakota is like the the beer drinking capital of the United States. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like the the liquor store, the little beer beer liquor store in Grand Forks is like I'm pretty sure like sells the most beer of any liquor store in the United States. Yeah. So everywhere everywhere the UND fans go, they're they're definitely well oiled. That's awesome. That uh, that liquor store has got to be a multi-million dollar business there, eh? Oh, yeah, 100%. Happy Harry's is called. <laughs> I don't know how Happy Harry's is spent. I, I've been in that place. Whew. A lot of times. <laughs> now, uh, now, Cam, you're, oh, in, you're, back. You're, uh, you're back in Fort Myers now. Um, so how's that been? Uh, this place is awesome, like um so last year obviously like being on an nhl deal I, I made a lot more money this year i'm i'm just on an ahl deal with milwaukee so i'm not i'm not making as much as i am but like the quality of life out here like i'm way happier hockey last year like our team wasn't very good so when your team's not winning especially in, in pro hockey like organizations get kind of cheap and like you know kind of skimp out on things where like here they treat us like we're you know, like an eight, like actually we get treated better here than I did last year, but they, you know, they treat us like professionals. They take care of us and like our living situation. We basically live at like a resort. It's unreal. I've got a, a sweet pool and it's got, you know, all the, all the incentives to a weight room, all that. So just the quality of life out here is, is unbelievable. And I mean, really there's, there's no bad days when the sun's always shining. So we got a good team. We're winning a lot of games down here and, um, Fort Myers is unbelievable. I call this place paradise. Like I'm on vacation every day. It's unreal. <laughs> you What's can't beat that? that. I know. It's like I'm not even kidding you. Hockey's the worst part of my day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what kind of uh, fans do you get to come out to those games? Um, we actually get we get good crowds. So like right now, was, they call them snowbirds. Um, is when like all the old folks come down here and like. You know the people that that come down to Florida to get out of the get out of the snow, all the snowbirds. So, a lot of people from the Midwest are out here. Like I've met so many people from Michigan, Ohio, like Ontario. So it's like actually like people know hockey out here, and like we get good crowds and we have a good team, so we win. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We get good crowds out here. Definitely. And it's good. Like people are like like people are knowledgeable at, at like with hockey too. Like. I've played in some places where like they'll get 
you know, good crowds, but like people don't get up for like a block shot or like killing off like a five on three. Like these people understand hockey. Yeah, you get all those retirees from up north, so they they actually get it, right? Yeah, yep. A lot of people who who grew up with hockey or playing or you know just just around the game. Now I gotta ask because I follow you on social. Yep. Do you guys have a gated community? <laughs> yeah, they're all gated. Like I don't know why I don't know why all the communities are are gated out here, but like even our apartments are gated, so it's actually kind of a hassle sometimes. Like. We get a bunch of new guys. Right now we have 10 guys called up. So we have like six new guys that are here. And um, in order to get into the gate, you have to like set your number up, whatever, with the front. And then they, you type your last four digits in. They call you. You got to an answer and like click nine. So no one like has this thing set up. And I have a pass too. So like I don't even have to type the code in. But I went in there just to like set it up if I ever have a visitor or anything like that. But these new guys are all using my code. So literally my phone just pauses all day with these guys trying to get into the apartments. But I don't know why. <laughs> That's guys, brutal. They're all gated out here. So like if you're going to if you're going to see someone too, like they have to like call in and like leave your number when you get there. Like you gotta give them your ID and stuff. So like no one's in a hurry out here. Whereas Michigan, everyone's always in a hurry. Like no one's in a hurry out here. So you got ten new guys, you said? Yeah, it's like well, we have the team. What's, yeah, what's that been like? Like literally half our team was gone. And we played uh Newfoundland this weekend who's Toronto's affiliate. And yeah. um if you know pro hockey, if you've played pro hockey like Toronto, they always just load up their teams. So like throughout like the Marlies are always stacked and then the Growlers are always stacked, like they're legit an AHL team playing in the East Coast. But we're missing ten guys. We had Two guys like come out of retirement this year, like this weekend, to to help us out and play with us. Like it was a bit of a crapshoot. We ended up beating the the Growlers three nothing. I shut them out. So, oh, wow. we had six new guys in the lineup and beat the Growlers. It was a big weekend for us. Actually, slight flex there with the shutout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, not bad with the shutout. But yeah, I was dialed in. <laughs> um, what? What can you say about the uh, the famous hotel out there in Fort Myers, the Lanny Kai? Oh, God, the Lanny Kai. It's the best place ever. love that place. <laughs> paradise uh, on the beach, eh? Yeah, literally paradise on the beach. And we're coming up in March here now. I think, what is it? What is today? The first or the second or something? The third. Wow, it's already the third. Holy cow. But anyways, uh, yeah, March, spring break time. So the Lanny Kai is going to be buzzing this month. I'll definitely find my way there, I'm sure. But, yeah, I know spring break's getting going. So does that get annoying for you guys, or do you not really see it? Are you guys away from that? Yeah, so we live in um, we live in Fort Myers, but, like, r- really right on the edge of Fort Myers, kind of in Estero. Our arena is in okay. Estero, which to yep. get to the Lonnie Kai, it takes, like, probably 45 minutes from our apartment. So it's kind of pain in the butt, but um, – we really don't get like a lot of free time too. Like February, we had, what do we have? 14 games in 26 days. So like February was oh. really madness for us. Like, I feel like I blinked my eyes and February was over. So like, we don't really get a whole, whole lot of, whole lot of free time. But when we do, we, when we get the odd day off, a lot of guys like to head down to the beach. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hike to get out there, but it's always nice once you get there. But the Lani Kai, that place is unreal. It's just like a little dump, like hole in the wall. But 
<laughs> just got to experience it. A couple of run runs. I completely understand. I was there uh, back when I was in school. I think we were down there for like roller for something. Yeah, probably and it is, uh They've had an arch. Yeah, there, uh, exactly. It's another world down there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like Florida as a whole, it's just like it's a different life out here. Like living here, like coming coming on vacation is one thing, but like living down here and like seeing how some of these people live, it's just like these people just live a different life. For sure. Definitely. It's beautiful every day. What's been your favorite part about playing in Florida this year? Um, definitely like the weather. The weather can pretty much like we get done at the rink like eleven, eleven, twelve o'clock and then basically have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. So it's it's always literally every day is like eighty and sunny. Our bad days are like 65, which is like cold to me now. It sucks. I'm soft. But um, the weather's definitely the best part. You can golf. Like I've been golfing all year. I love golfing. So there's a couple courses here that, that hook us up, give us good deals. So we get to get out for, for pretty cheap. And um, yeah, they, they take care of us. It's a good, good situation. But weather, weather for sure would be my favorite part. Rolling to the rink and board shorts and flip-flops every day yeah <laughs> can't beat that complaining you're killing me because it was just, yeah it was frozen <laughs> up here last week in michigan so that's uh definitely a little jelly there but, uh, <laughs> yeah i'm pretty uh i'm pretty adamant at letting people know how, how my weather is here on Snapchat <laughs> too. i get a lot of people get all fired up like you're such a dick i'm like ah, sorry boys just gotta let them know that's yeah. all it is Six years in North Dakota, Iron. <laughs> Absolutely. Six years. That's a long oh, time man. to deal with that weather. Yeah, you want to talk about a harsh winter. Spend a winter and know that. Yeah, hard pass there. Um, <laughs> what diet did you jump on this year? <laughs> so, I like, it's really weird when I, when I turned pro, and I never dealt with this in college, but, like, I would get, like, stomach anxiety, and then, I don't know. It was like I couldn't eat on game days. Like last year, the game, like if I knew I was starting, I'd just wake up in the morning with a stomach ache. Like couldn't eat breakfast. And then really, I couldn't like eat a whole lot during the day. And then I'd get into games and I'd be like puking and I couldn't figure it out. Like I'd get to a certain point where I'd be like literally no energy. And then I'd just have to like puke my brains out. And then once I puked, I would be like good to go. It was like, what the heck? But I had to like. <laughs> Literally, I had to puke, like, every game last year. So, this year, I came in, like, you know, kind of kind of figured it out a little bit this summer. I saw, like, all of New Jersey's, like, had GI guys and, like, literally everybody. Had, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Like, one doctor told me I had, like, IBS. One told me I had acid reflux. And they were all just kind of giving me, like, things like, here, try this. Like, here, try this. Nothing like this will this will work for you. And then this summer, yeah. I went and saw, like, some holistic doctors, which they're not, like, they don't prescribe you medicines. They kind of, like, get you on, like, pill regimens and, like, kind of natural things to fix you, which is actually really good. And they do, like, blood tests and all that stuff. So I did, like, a full panel food, like, sensitivity test. Like, all right, I got to be sensitive to something. And then uh, my results ended up coming back. I was sensitive to, like, wheat, dairy, goat milk um popcorn like really weird things but I ended up being sensitive to like six different foods and it's not like I was yeah. allergic to them she's just like certain foods might give you a different reaction than other ones so like 
I think I was dealing with like a little bit of stomach anxiety and then I had like trigger foods like pastas weren't really good for me and I was like eating pastas on game day for example so then my stomach wouldn't really feel good like going into the game so I kind of figured out like I started eating really clean basically just like meats and veggies um, you know rice like just basically bland which it kind of gets a little boring at times as in pretty much just eating all the same stuff but um, basically just eat like meat and veggies fruits so I don't really snack anymore I don't really eat junk food like maybe I'll have like fast food like once or twice a month um, I used to probably have it like once a week so um, yeah just kind of dialed in what I was eating pretty much eat eat real clean and I ended up losing like 25 pounds or something once I started doing it so it was good. Nice. Good change, but it's beach fixed, body ready. Yeah, it fixed my stomach too. Like I haven't I puked in one of my games this year. Um it was the game after Thanksgiving, so I I pretty much just vegged out and then puked <laughs> puked the next day in my game. My coach was just like freaking out, like, dude, what's like what's wrong with you? Like I'm like, Hey man, you don't even understand. Like this is the first time I've puked, like we're halfway through the season, you're pretty lucky. <laughs> So he, he was like adamant. I'm like, all right, we got to get this thing figured out. And then unfortunately I got hurt. I tweaked my grind. So I was out for like six weeks and uh, they were like, you know what, this is like the perfect time to, to really dial it in. So that's when I, I really dialed in my diet and they were, they kind of helped me out too. My coaches, like they printed out some recipes and um, one of my coaches my head coach, his wife had some stomach issues or whatever. So he had a lot of good recipes and just kind of figured it out, fine tuned it. And now I eat pretty clean and I've been feeling good and my beach body looks great. <laughs> definitely. Is, has that been kind of hard to keep up with since you're on the road so much? Yeah, definitely on the road is hard, but like when we go on the road, like we always have chicken, um, you know, sometimes it's usually just pastas and whatever, but, like I'll look, I'll I'll know like going into the road trip, like okay, I'll have to buy like two sweet potatoes or because on game day I'll eat like just chicken breast, sweet potato, and rice. So you can get like sweet potatoes from the grocery store that you just pop in the microwave for like six minutes. So I'll just come with like whatever. If we're going on a, a three-game road trip, I'll grab like three sweet potatoes, and then they have like the 90-second rice you can just pop in the microwave too. So I'll just grab a couple of those yeah. and eat that on the road. Or, like, my coach will tell me, like, he'll have the meals or whatever planned out. So, it's yeah, crazy. definitely. So, would you say you have any quirky or unusual training habits? Um, really, no. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty basic, like, pretty chill. I don't really do anything too quirky. Um, I mean, some goalies I know are kind of Looney Tunes, but I'm pretty normal. <laughs> I've, I've got that a lot. Like a lot of people that I played with, they're like, "Wow, you're you're actually a normal goalie." Which I'm like, "Yeah, I, I know." And I've definitely played with some partners who have been some weird cats too. So goalies definitely are. I mean, we're hair off. You have to be if you want to stop fucking for a living. But uh, I like to have fun while I'm doing it. So I keep it pretty loose. I don't really have anything too quirky that I do, or I try not to like. Um, worry too much about routines either. Uh, sorry, what is it like superstition? Uh, I'm not really too superstitious. I just, uh, I guess I have like routines or certain things that I do, but 
like if, if something messes up like some guys are so like dialed in on their superstitions or whatever if something's off like it throws their whole game off so I, I try to not get like too mentally wrapped around that oh that makes sense because if you bog down the game with too many things like when you walk in you gotta say hi to this guy I gotta put the left on yep suit's gotta look this way it's just like you got too much going on throughout the day you gotta worry about right yeah way too much just keep it loose I like to just keep it loose and I don't really do anything too quirky like I come home every summer. I train at 2SP. I don't know if you guys know what 2SP is, but yep. um, a lot of pro guys there. He's got a bunch of the wings that train there. And I work out with uh, Christian Willan, and he's a local guy. He's with the Senators. And um, Griffin Molino, another guy, he played for the for the Canucks there for a little bit. But um, those guys are some of my best friends, too. So I have a, I have a lot of fun when I come home and train with them. For sure. Now, this is the question. I think it's on everybody's mind here, CJ, is mm -hmm. cats. What are your thoughts oh, there? Man. I love them. I love them. If you, if you can't tell, I've, you can take a look at my, my Instagram. I get this question quite a bit, too. And actually, this is becoming a thing out here, too. One of my coach, like, one of his pregame meetings, he'll, like, start – uh, at the beginning of the week, he'll start. He's funny. He'll start with like the, the bar stool smoke of the week or something. Now, just to kind of loosen it up and whatever. Look forward to the work week. So one week he had, I got my senior picture taken with uh, my cat Puss Puss. That one's on my Instagram too. If you look down far enough, you can find it. But I got my senior picture with my cat. So he screenshotted that. I don't know who who told him or whatever, but screenshotted that. And then that was at the beginning of our meeting. He's like, all right, I, I got to know what's, what's with it with the cat or whatever. So um, I've always been a big cat guy. I have two cats back home. Uh, one cat plus plus. He's the one that everybody probably knows. He's the one when I actually made my Instagram, it was literally just to post pictures of my cat. And then eventually <laughs> I hit a point like, all right, probably getting pretty weird for for people so I started posting some pictures of myself on there but um I've always I've always been a cat guy um post post I got him and then Cy I actually so when I moved away my billets in Fargo they had a dog and I always like joked with them like we need to get a cat we need to get a cat blah 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 so my second year, my billet dad said, all right, if you get a shutout in your first 10 starts, we'll get a cat. And my first start of the year, I got a shutout. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's go get a cat. So they ended up getting me a cat, and um, his name was Cy. And then I actually got traded to Waterloo that year. So I got him in Fargo. My billets got him for me. And then thankfully, my, my billets in Waterloo, billets, I, for those that you don't know, billets like your the host family that you live with. But my billets in Waterloo, I asked them, like, hey, I got, you know, I got this cat I was looking forward to bringing home or whatever. You guys take him. So they said, yeah, bring him along. And I got to bring him to Waterloo with me. And then he made the trek home. So one of my cats is actually from North Dakota. I got him in Fargo. Puss Puss I got from my aunt. She lives on a farm. She's got like a bunch of animals and she's got a bunch of cats. And we we're going up there to visit her. And I think her cat had a litter, like, two months before we got there and my mom was really adamant because my my little brother's allergic my mom's allergic to cats I'm not and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fortunate enough I'm not but my older brother I think he was a little allergic 
he's not anymore. He's good now. But my mom is really adamant, like, nope, we're not getting a cat. We're not getting a cat. But we went there and saw Puss Puss and fell in love right away. So I've always been a bit of a cat guy. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the weird things about me being a goalie. I love cats, but no, I I, I keep I like I keep keep it loose, and I really am a a big cat guy. We got a cat in college too, actually, Dougie. Me and my roommates. He mascot, eh? Yeah, he was he was funny, but my uh one of we had a roommate there that just lived locally. He was from Grand Forks, so he ended up taking that one. I think if I would have brought another cat home, my mom would have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Cam, a Florida man is typically a savage human. Now living in the most unruly way, who's the Florida man on your squad currently? Oh, the most savage? Am I allowed to vote for myself? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely have to say, I mean, if we had a Florida man on the team, we got a, we have, actually, we have one guy who's from, who's from here, Logan Rowe. He's from Fort Myers. He's called up right now with Syracuse, but he's definitely not savage like I am. <laughs> probably, yeah. I'd probably say I'm, I'm probably the biggest Florida man on the team. I joke with everybody. So I was, I was out for six weeks, and my first game back, we went into a shootout with Jacksonville. And I was all kind of all fired up, kind of, you know, caught up in the emotion of the game. And we were going – actually, we were going into overtime, and I just, like, told everybody on my bench, like, I'm the most dangerous man in Fort Myers. And it kind of stuck around where I just – I have this title on my team now as the most dangerous. So probably the most savage, too. Just an absolute weapon. <laughs> just pumping my own tires <laughs> now real quick how uh how sick was it starting off in the ushl with fargo force but in your gambler's gear <laughs> yeah that was awesome ccm gear too i i really wish the league now i i think the ushl they can get whatever they want but yeah we were only limited to reebok ccm so i was yeah I, I started the year my ushl career pretty wild one but um, I started the year, I made Green Bay. I, I didn't get drafted anywhere. I, I played, uh, I, I played double edge. Should I talk about what you want me to talk about? Like my path coming up where I played and for sure how I ended up in gambler's gear in Fargo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, growing up, I just played like for various double A teams. I never really played triple A. It's kind of politi- political, I don't know. Everything's political nowadays, but just growing up, like political or AAA was always political, and I always like played with the same guys my whole life, like literally the same little crew of guys for like probably six, seven, eight years or whatever. So, um, I I always played the same group growing up. We played for like crank, I played on cranks, like Grizzlies, um, and then Summit was the last team that I played on before I made the jump. But played on Summit for like probably three or four years and then my junior year we won the national championship and silver sticks and internationals and all that so senior year was when I finally made the the jump to triple I I played for little Caesars and then I didn't get drafted anywhere in the USHL but I got invited to like probably like 10 different camps and I had uh actually one of my best friends from back home Alex Kyle he's from he's from Troy as well he went to Michigan but he was on Green Bay at the time, so um, I got invited to their camp and went and made their team, which was nice, made it as a, a free agent, and 
um yeah i ordered all my gambler's gear like got my helmet painted and then a month let's see a month into me being there is right before the season started like right after the fall classic i got traded to fargo <laughs> so i literally it was the day i got my gear too i got traded to fargo so they're like well we're sending you to fargo like your gear just came in and fargo paid for it so i was thinking like oh unreal i've got a fresh set of pads like I'm gonna go in there they're gonna order me a new set I'll be able to sell these ones and no I got there and they're like yeah you're just gonna have to wear your gambler's gear for the rest of the year like that's that's what we paid for so I'm like oh my god yeah for for those who don't know they're not the same colors at all (laughs) no that's what I was just gonna say I go to Fargo we're black and blue and Green Bay we're yellow so I'm playing on a, a blue team with yellow pads <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb my sticks too they didn't even buy me any sticks either no. I was using my green bay sticks the whole year so I didn't <laughs> even have mats and twigs that's a tough look way she goes yeah. though junior hockey baby it's a grind yeah oh it is it is a grind and then my second year I finally got my helmet painted Fargo, like Fargo Force all over it. And then I was smart enough where I didn't get like any blue in my pads. I just went like black and white because we switched jerseys too my second year where we didn't really have as much blue. Or actually, I don't even think we had any blue my second year. So huh. I just had black and white pads, like the old the old CCM uh, Carey Price pads when he just had like the little blue square, whatever, the little blue and red square in the corner. Yep, yep. I think they were like the the e-flex ones or whatever but i got those pads and then halfway through the year let's see it would have been like february that year i got traded to waterloo so go to waterloo with my fargo force stuff and waterloo is uh red and black so thank god i didn't get any blue but i had a bunch of blue on my helmet so but when i got there they did uh their equipment guy got my helmet like vinyl wrapped or whatever they do like vinyl wraps now so covered up all my four stuff that's sweet now uh looking at uh the mask at north dakota that had like a little bit of a turco feel to it is that right yeah so we didn't have a logo there it's, there was no logo my my freshman sophomore year my sophomore year is when they like introduced the fighting hawks or whatever but we were just the university of north dakota and you couldn't like it was always obviously the fighting Sioux, but you couldn't get anything to do with the fighting Sioux on your helmet so like literally we had no mascot so that's why i was like you know what i've always been a fan of of marty turco's gargoyle helmets he did it i think on every team that he was on but i always thought those looked sweet and they were green so i was like well they'll match the team so i went with the uh marty turco gargoyles my freshman sophomore year that was sick and then junior year so they get you uh they get you a helmet every two years there. So a helmet and a paint job. So my freshman year, I got a helmet and that paint job. So I had that my freshman and sophomore year. And then junior, I got a new Warwick junior year. I went with uh werewolves. I had werewolves on my helmet. That was a pretty cool one too. Cause there's two full moons too. And like the lady that painted my helmet, she was like, just, she got glow in the dark paint. Like that was her new thing that summer. So she made like the logos on the helmet and the moons glow in the dark. And when they do the starting lineup at UND, they turn all the lights off. So it was, it was badass. You could see my helmet, like sick. the full moons glowing and, and the NDs on there. So I got that one. And then um, I was actually taking my helmet just to get repadded in Warwick because that factory is just there in Port Huron, like an hour down the road from where I live. So 
I took my helmet there to get to get padded and I've been going to Warwick for years probably like shoot I've been I've been wearing a, a Warwick helmet since I was like fifth maybe fifth or sixth grade and um Gary Sr. He, he just passed I don't not too long ago but um, his son runs the place now, but uh, they like the helmet so much. So when I brought it in there, he's like, "You care if I just like keep this for my collection and and build you a new one?" So I was, I was like, "Oh, for sure, like sweet," because I was just gonna, they're gonna buy me a new uh, paint job for my senior year, so they're gonna send it in and just have the lady like sand it off or whatever and start fresh. So it's like, yeah. yeah, they're gonna repaint over it anyway. So yeah. He ended up adding that one to his collection, which is pretty cool. So that helmet's still kicking around. And then senior year, got another another fresh Warwick from those guys and fresh paint jobs. So I went with some dragons on there. Turned out pretty cool. Yeah. I was into, like, Game of Thrones. That's when, like, Game of Thrones was getting big. So <laughs> got the dragons on there protecting the Ralph. So it was a pretty cool paint job. Yeah, it's definitely tough when uh, you don't really have a team logo to base your helmet off of. Um, yeah exactly so so what do you have on there now what's kind of been your inspiration when you've gotten your pro my helmet my helmet now I I, is actually probably my favorite the guy that uh I had a different guy do it so I had like uh Sila Brush was the lady who did my my helmets in college and then my first year pro actually the the Turco one was Gilders Gilders design he does a lot of like OHL guys but um Sila brush I found her just on Instagram and then ended up working out whatever where she did a few of my helmets and then this year she like each equipment guy kind of has like their their helmet guys that like they're comfortable with and they like yep. and stuff so yep. like when I came in here I was like trying trying to push for her but he kind of had his guy our equipment guy which our equipment guy here is unbelievable and yep. he was a goalie too so like he really takes care of us which is nice but um, he kind of had his guy, so I was like, you know what, whatever. It's really not that big of a deal to me. And um, I was just actually just like texting back and forth with with the equipment guy because he lives out here. Johnny Sellers is his name. I'll just refer to him as Johnny. But texting back and forth with him, just like kind of kind of for ideas. And and he's a goalie too, so he was like really insightful and and really helpful. But he gave me kind of the inspiration to like do a beach because I was like, you know, like what's what's Florida known for, like you know, the beaches and like, what is kind of Fort Myers known for? like, other than the Lonnie Kai, but <laughs> no, I ended up, uh, <laughs> your next bucket, found, you got to uh, put it on there. No, I literally was thinking of that. I'm like, you know what, if I end up here next year, like, cause I have the Naples pier on, on one side, we found a cool, like cool picture of like the sun setting and like everything. I was like, you know what, it's, it's not going to like be the, the colors or whatever because it's kind of like a red and like a purple and like a yellow whatever like really pretty sunset but I was like you know what that would actually look pretty cool on the helmet so um found a cool picture at Naples Pier we did that on one of the sides and then the other side just like a big Everblades logo but it turned out really nice and um the bucket looks sweet there's there's a few pictures on my Instagram and I know a lot of people are big fans of it so that was kind of the inspiration that I got just texting with him and kind of figuring out what, what Fort Myers is known for. Yeah. Did you get your cats on there at all? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get the cats on there. I actually should, but um, no, I, I get the same backplate on every, on every helmet. So I have uh, a little like uh picture of my dad that the they paint up on there. And then 
um i have an owl on there i don't know what the what the story behind the owls is everybody always asks me like why do you have an owl on your helmet but i've just kind of always done the same back plate so i have the detroit skyline little picture of my my dad on there and then um ian jenkins i played with him one one spring season he he unfortunately passed away but um he has like this little shield like biggie have a purpose whatever so i get that little shield on there and um the owl i don't know what the the inspiration behind the owl but i get a little owl with the full moon on all my helmets too there's a lot to unpack there so same back plate <laughs> yeah same i do the same uh same back plate on every helmet but i switch up the paint jobs that's too funny hey while you guys were chatting i uh i just dm'd uh lanny kai let's see if we can get you a little endorsement for the next <laughs> yeah I uh I don't know if you saw my last Instagram. I tagged Alani Kai as my location in there. The yeah. Instagram geo tag, and they commented on it. No way. Alani <laughs> Kai, yeah, they commented on my picture. So I commented back on them. I'm like, oh, how do I get a couple couple drink uh, tickets or whatever? They said to DM us. Let us know when you're coming. So the next That's time cool. I go to Alani Kai, hopefully a couple couple run runners on the house. <laughs> too funny man that's unreal that'd be a good hookup um, yeah for sure but yeah definitely we got a shout out sellers he's the man out there unreal at yeah, his job Johnny great sellers. equipment guy yeah he's literally the best in the business one of the best for sure he's the best he, he's yeah he's the best equipment guy that i've ever dealt with like juniors college anything he does an unbelievable job shout out johnny sellers <laughs> Now, uh, get into your social a little bit between Instagram, Twitter. Like, I, I think I've known and followed you for quite some time, but it's your boy, yeah. CJ. It's been the handle forever. What, wait, oh, like, yeah. What's the story behind that? <laughs> it's been my handle forever. And, like, everywhere I play, too, like, the media people are always like, what? Like, what is the deal with your name? Like, why is it? <laughs> it's your boy, CJ? I've got that question so many times. Or, like, someone will ask me, like, what's your Instagram? I'm like, it's your boy siege they're like what it's like i don't understand it so it was just like when i made like twitter and instagram they came out when i was in high school but like they obviously weren't what they are now like now they're yeah. massive but like when i first made my instagram and like my twitter is just kind of like as a joke like i i was uh kind of like a i was off social media for a while like oh, i'm not getting that, that stuff stupid whatever blah 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 so I made both of my handles, it's your boy C, just like kind of as a joke. And then, I don't know, they just like stuck with me. Like I just never, never changed it. Cause all my, all my buddies back home call me Siege. So that's how I, that's how I made my Instagram and my Twitter handles. It's your boy C, just chilling in class one day. Like, ah, that'd be thinking, you know, that'd be funny. But hey, it makes sense. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, it's simple. It's your boy Siege. Everyone's always like, what the hell? Why is that your Instagram? <laughs> well, especially because everyone takes it so serious now, right? Like you got influencers and stuff like that. Yeah, seriously. Like social medias are huge now. It's wild. <laughs> Actually, quick side story. Side story there. It's talking about social and thinking about Facebook. Um, now, you probably don't remember this, but I remember this like it was yesterday because it was the funniest thing. <laughs> when I, because I'm a little bit older, I was in, I think it was in high school. And it was one of those times where like Facebook starting out and you're getting a couple ads. And I swear, yep. I remember the day you added me, I'm like, who's this Cam Johnson kid. So I started like, <laughs> flipping through the pictures 
And I was like, oh, like, he plays goalie. He's a nice hockey kid. Oh, he plays a little bit roller. It's probably how we know each other. And then yep. turns out, you know, four or five years later, guy's just a stud at North Dakota. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. I, I remember growing up, we, I used to always see you at Borden. Oh, yeah, we, for sure. We were, we were Borden beauties. So that's, why, that's how I knew you at first, I'm pretty sure. Just a couple of roller dads. But you, yeah. were all, you were always, like, really talkative. Like, you always cracked me up. Like, oh, this guy is hilarious. <laughs> and then, yeah, it turns out a couple of years later, we ended up becoming pretty good buddies. Can't beat it. That's the hockey world, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is a small world. And I, I think it's crazy, too. Like, everywhere you play, or like you, there's always somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Like, down the road, you know, you, you have somebody to talk to or – any new team you go on, you can connect with someone because, you know, you played with the guy that he played with or yada, yep. yada, yada. So it's definitely a small world. Have you played any roller down there in Fort Myers? I haven't played any roller yet since I've been here, but I, I, we, I played in Narch here, like, I think the last, maybe, I don't know, last time it was here two, two, two times ago, I think it was like 20, shoot like 2013 2014 I, I was playing u16 at the time so i came down here and yeah i played played narch here and then turns out whatever six seven years later now i'm playing pro here yeah it's pretty pretty sick turnaround there um yeah so everyone like the all the people like talk about roller and stuff out here i'm like yeah i play like, my coach goes to the narches and all that so they know what it's all about no way yeah. Yep. Like my assistant coach, Tad, he, he's actually like, so there's this new like pro roller hockey thing coming out. Like I'm sure he, what's it called? Like the NIRL or something. NRHL National yeah. Roller Hockey yeah. League. The roller yeah. show. <laughs> so there, there's a team trying to scoop me up right now. And that I got to, I'm trying to think about it though, because it's like, it's actually like a legit thing where it, it starts in like May, which I might potentially still be out here. And then I think it ends in like August and you play like games. Like I think you have like a couple games a week or something. So I got a busy, busy summer planned. I really don't know. Like I'd probably have to miss a bunch of it. So, but he's got a buddy who's uh, he's coaching one of the teams. So he like pulled me aside too. He's like, yeah, like don't, don't tell anybody I'm telling you this, but um, it's like, yeah, it's my buddy's one of these, one of these coaches, whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, like I've already, I've already talked to him. He's like, oh okay, yeah, cool. So he's like, he's involved in it. He knows, he knows what roller hockey is. And some coaches are kind of weird about it. Like some coaches probably wouldn't want you playing in the summers and stuff. But um, I enjoy roller hockey. It's, it's fun. It's pretty casual. And you know, every, everybody that's involved with the, the roller world, like you know, have this awesome people. So I enjoy the, I enjoy the summers with roller. Definitely. So I wanted to ask, what's your go-to chirp? Oh, my go-to chirp. I really, to be honest with you, I don't really chirp a whole lot. So I, I keep it pretty pretty light out there. Like, guys try and chirp me all the time. Like, guys try and get under my skin. Like, you know, oh, you said, or you suck. Floodgates, floodgates are open now. I, I just, like, smile. So I'd say <laughs> my go-to chirp is the smile on a wink. Yeah. Definitely. That usually gets the guys like literally not chirping them or just laughing at them. Like they get so much more pissed. Yeah, that makes like, them more clown. upset for sure. Yeah, I just Every tell time. them a clown. Like you're a clown. <laughs> Maybe a couple choice words too, but we'll keep it PG. 
You're a good guy, Cam. Now, uh, yeah. how much do you love Scott Hughes? Oh, Scotty Hughes, he's the man. Love Scotty. I've been dealing with I've been dealing with Scotty since I was like probably sixth grade too, like my first custom set of pads. So um, it's actually pretty cool. So like when you go through like college and stuff, like they have like you know Vaughn has like college reps or whatever. Like yep. certain guys deal with like certain teams, but like I've been with Scotty forever. So like throughout like college and everything he's he's always taking care of me and hooked me up so um you know even when they had like their different guys that are supposed to be dealing with like their college or their pro guys or whatever like scotty always helped me out so he's awesome he's he's been taking care of me for for a really long time yeah he's a good guy he knows uh he knows the gear real well but he the other side that nobody really expects is he knows how to um make sure the players get taken care of when you're dealing with you know, getting stuff sent to the league, making sure orders are in, dealing with the teams yep. to get stuff purchased. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, he he's unreal too. Where like I've even had some teams that have like kind of you know cheaped out or um you know like weren't willing to buy a second set or whatever. And and your gear gets pretty beat up like throughout the year, especially if you like get it you know right at the start of the season or like sometimes I'd get a set in the summer where you're using it you know halfway through half the summer and then start of the season with your camps and everything like your your stuff takes a beating so some teams are kind of chintzy and they you know they only want to buy you one glove or one set of pads where he's always like worked it out even if you know they were they're only willing to to get one you know whatever one set of pads or whatever he's, he's kind of hooks me up where he'll like send me a demo glove or whatever and spec it out just how I want it so he's always taking care of me that's good he's a good guy he's good at what he does now I don't know yeah, if you remember is. this, but do you remember what happened before you started wearing a collar? Um, like uh, a neck protector, are you saying? Yeah. Like neck guards? Yeah, I mean, shoot, I used to take pucks in the collarbone all the time where, like, literally my collarbone would explode. And, like, I'd, have, I'd be, like, bleeding. Like, there's a couple times that I'd be, like, bleeding from a collarbone shot. So, like, finally enough was enough where I think it was literally – juniors like my first or second year of juniors when I started wearing the the neck protector but I can't believe I didn't wear one of those like the whole time so you weren't wearing anything no I wouldn't wear anything I'd literally just wear my chest protector and I've always tied my chest protector down to my pants so it like pulls it down even further so like literally I would take pucks like square off the collarbone like no protection at all savage <laughs> yeah literally savage where i'm like okay i'm i'm done eating pucks on the collarbone so i remember i don't know why i was there i was there for some little skate um i don't know who i was working with but we were sharing ice and you were in the other half you were just with shooters it was like a player skills thing um yep. and like uh, it was mitch maloney and a couple other guys that were there shooting on you and after mm-hmm. I had gotten off, I finished up. You walked in the locker room, and you're like, dude, I just got crushed. You took off your mask, took off your chest, and you were just dripping blood off the collar. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was probably one of the times. That was probably one of the last times where I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. And Because guys were starting to shoot harder, too. And like, Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not your yeah, 14 new shots. <laughs> no, it, it took – it took forever. And actually I didn't start wearing a, goal, a goalie cup either until 
I want to say my first year of juniors. I think no I took way. one off took one off the stones and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I'm done with this. No way. Yeah, I was like really, I don't know, I was I was a, a weird goalie, I guess. Like I've never a lot of goalies are like gear nerds too, like, oh, you know, what what spec are your pads? Like what break? Like I don't I have no idea what my pads are. I've been in the same pads since like my freshman year of college. Like Yep. I had the whatever the the V fours, I think they were my freshman year, and then they came out with the V fives without like the with the flat knee rolls instead of like the uh they used to have like that little whatever piece of leather like in in the knee rolls. Do you remember that? Yeah, the round with the spacers. Yeah, yeah yep. the the little spacers or whatever. So it was the next pad after where they took the spacers out, and I've been in that pad. I think it's like a, a V five, but I've been in that same pad literally for like the past six years. Yeah, that's the it's a V six twenty three hundred. But yeah, you've been in that thing for a minute. But hey, if it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I've tried, I've demoed like all the new pads every year. It's just like, I'm just like an old school gear guy, I guess. Like, I like what I like and, you know, why break it if it ain't, or why fix it if it ain't broke? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Same glove too. Like I've been in the old, I don't even know, Vision maybe, I think it is. You'll probably, you probably know my gear better than I do. I Shoot, I have no idea what I'm wearing. Yeah, the I just glove. got the, uh, I just got the new blocker this year. It's like the V8. I like that. Yeah, that one's new for you. But the gloves, the 9580 Vision, which is like, shoot, I don't even know how old. It's over. It's yeah. got to be over f- five to six years now. Yeah, so. it's old. old it's a beauty. It's just, yeah, it's just like uh, it's just like a baseball glove. That's why I like it. Mm-hmm. Circling back to you know, I know you mentioned it with your uh, back plate and everything, but. There's some effect that like some people may not know about you, but I know early on that you had lost your dad. Um, what was that like growing up? And then what was it also like navigating through hockey? Yeah, it was, it was tough. So I was, I was really young when I lost my dad. I was 11. Um, I was in sixth grade. I mean, shoot, I, I literally remember it like it was yesterday, but um, no, he, he coached me like growing up, he, he always coached all my teams and, and he was very, like very involved with us and, and very involved with, um, my older brother, he played hockey and, you know, I played baseball in the summer and stuff. He coached all my baseball teams. So it, it was really tough. Like he was, uh, he's definitely a big influence in my life. And, um, you know, he did a lot with me. He was, he was very involved with me and, um, you know, losing him was hard, especially, especially at a young age. And, um, you know, it was him coaching me and everything. So, um, my mom, kudos to her. She did a, she did a hell of a job. She had, uh, she had to raise three of us all on her own. So I got a, a younger brother and an older brother, but, um, no, it, it, it's tough, like growing up and, you know, not having your dad to, to kind of show you the way or kind of pave the way or help you out when you're, when you're going through things and, um, you know, like talking to scouts and, and talking to coaches and stuff like it, it, it's hard. It was, it was a hard transition, but, um, you know, I, I would say it, it definitely shaped me to, to the person I am today. And, um, you know, just kind of like looking back and, and seeing how far that I've came, you know, kind of, kind of with him as my inspiration, but, um, you know, he hasn't been here, but he's always, he's always been involved. I always, I always think about him every day and, I know every time one goes off the post, that's him. That's him fighting it off for me. So, um, no, my my mom did a heck of a job, and um, it, it was tough losing him. And 
um, you know, kind of going through the whole hockey process and, and doing all that. It's a lot, but um, my mom did an unbelievable job. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of became very, you know, independent and had to really, really grow up at a young age and, you know, really become too, to a man probably a lot earlier than uh than a lot of people had to had to so um you know it was tough but it, it, it definitely made me mature mature fast and um you know kind of kind of make you really makes you appreciate things and, and appreciate your time that you have with people because obviously there is a, a point in time when everybody's time on the earth comes to an end but um definitely definitely made me appreciate a lot of things and um, you know, just kind of, kind of appreciate the whole, the whole process and, you know, being through what I went through and kind of overcoming that and seeing how far that I've came so far with, with hockey. So, um, you know, it's, it's been tough, but, um, I love, you know, continuing to have success and kind of give credit to him and, and give credit to my mom. And, and she's obviously been a big supporter of, of where I am and, and what I've been doing. So, um, yeah, she's, she's done an unbelievable job and, I know he's definitely still there kicking with me. So, Absolutely watching over. Uh, the reason I asked there, CJ, is just, um, you know, there's a lot of our listeners that may be going through the same situation. So I figured your story would kind of help shine light on what they might be going through and just to know that, you know, things do yeah. get better and people move forward and it just makes you stronger. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, you, it goes back to you can never you can never judge a book by a cover too and and you never really know what people are going through and um you know what what's going on in people's lives so it's just i always try and you know kind of live my life to the fullest i'm i'm really nice um anybody if anybody's listening they're going through anything like feel free and i'm sure you'll probably see my social media accounts or whatever but anybody ever needs anybody to talk to or advice feel free to reach out to me but um, no, it's, it, it's hard. And, you know, everyone deals with things differently, but it's definitely, you get, you got to have a positive look, outlook on everything. And, you know, things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, sometimes those reasons are, are a little bit harder to, uh, to understand than others, but um, time makes everything better. Everything gets better with time and there's always light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to, to be positive about and, um, you know, it's, you, you can't fall on the negative. You got to just keep chugging. Absolutely, buddy. I'm right there with you. Well, Cam, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. Also, congratulations on uh, just clinching the playoffs. That's huge for you guys, and hopefully you guys can keep rolling oh, yeah. down there in the nice yeah. weather. Yeah, keep chugging along, kind of extend our stay here as long as as long as long we can. I'm, I'm really hoping for uh, – a deep playoff run and I think we have the team to do it. So it'll yeah, be you, fun. You, you know where the after party will be at already. So start reaching <laughs> out <laughs> start reaching we'll out to the Lanikai. <laughs> we'll be bringing the Kelly Cup right to the Lanikai. <laughs> awesome man. Well thank you so much. Thanks, Siege. Yeah, have a hey, good one, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me on and I appreciate everybody who listens. I hope you enjoy my stories. I just want to start off by saying thanks again to Cam Johnson for that amazing interview. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's crazy to think uh, when we recorded this, it was before coronavirus really broke out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for all the leagues moving forward. But um, thanks to our sponsor, Vaughn Custom Sports, for helping us out. And again, a huge thanks to Cam for coming on. Be sure to be on the lookout for the next Between Two Post podcast.